welcome to the First and Ten Podcast. Uh, that's a hot take. That's a scorching take. Uh, I'm not afraid to be bold, though. Thriving, surviving, and watching Rutgers football. There's nothing to respect about Rutgers. You know what? It's pain, but we look good while we do it, man. Hello and welcome to the First and Ten Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Feltz, here in beautiful Indianapolis, Indiana. We are recording this on the afternoon of Friday, May 1st, 2020. Today we're going to be playing a game show all about, you guessed it, football, with people who know nothing about football. Let's see how this goes. But first, I'm going to introduce my two co-hosts. Joining us today in Nashville, Tennessee is Reed Murray. Reed, what's going on? Hey, Patrick. Um, I just recorded an episode with one of our guests today on my RJM podcast, and I have a huge guest lined up for this weekend. Um, So I got that episode coming out this weekend, and then my episode that I recorded yesterday will be out sometime uh, midweek next week. But I'm really excited about my new show. Uh, I think it's going well. And, you know, you and Griffin obviously have both been guests, and uh, it's, it's been really good so far. Yeah, if, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you'd love the RJM podcast, all about sports uniforms and logos. Uh, just went on over the weekend for a second time uh, with my cousin Tommy Devine of the Tommy Devine podcast to uh, talk about the worst jerseys in the history of sports. And uh, there were some hot takes on it, to say the least. Uh, Tommy, if you're listening, I still can't believe you hate those Patriots jerseys so much. And joining us in New Jersey, Griffin Healy. Griffin, what's going on? Well, I am doing fantastic on this somewhat gray day here in New Jersey. I still, again, listening to that episode of the RJM podcast, I still cannot believe that Tommy hates those jerseys just because of that quote-unquote Paul Revere-looking guy. <laughs> I, I That, I yeah, what do you call him? He called Pat Patriot Paul Revere the whole time, and... uh he said he didn't look like an actual patriot, and I think that that episode is the hardest I've ever laughed during during recording an episode of any show ever. And uh, there there have been quite a few, but that that one was yeah. hilarious. I totally recommend going to check out the RJM podcast over on Spotify. And now let's introduce our two contestants for the football game show, even though they know nothing about football. That's the fun of the game. So first, uh, she's going to be a classmate of mine and Griffin's at Indiana University. Uh, joining us from Falls Church, Virginia, Natalie Ingalls. Natalie, what's up? Hi, guys. Um, when Patrick says I don't know anything about football, I don't. Um, but I'm excited to, I think, win. I like that confidence. And also joining us from Nashville, Tennessee, Braden Cyphers. Braden, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I do know a little bit about football. Not the biggest fan, though, but... I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we're glad to have you. All right, so basically uh, the show today, we're going to ask a few questions, multiple choice, true or false, whatever, a couple ones where you're just going to have to – there's one answer where you're just going to have to give it to us, and that one's going to be worth double points. But uh, (laughs) the the format's pretty simple, I like to think. And uh, let's just get it started. So question number one. Uh, this one, we're going to go out to New Jersey, home of Griffin, yes. home of Rutgers. 
the 14th team in the Big Ten. What is Rutgers' team name? Is it A, the Red Knights, B, the Silver Knights, C, the Scarlet Knights, or D, the Black Knights? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> wait, so just to clarify, there are 14 teams in the Big Ten? I cannot confirm nor deny. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it just for answers first? Brayden, you go. All right. Yes, you guys can answer however you want. So he goes C, Scarlet Knights. Natalie, what's your answer? I'm going to say Silver Knights. I'm sorry, the correct answer is Scarlet Knights. Brayden picks a one-nothing lead. Man, okay. I don't blame you for not knowing that one. It's not like Rutgers is all of Hey, 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 watch what you say about Rutgers. (laughs) 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 Nothing personal. All right, uh, Reed, I'll let you take this next one. All right, next question. How many points is a touchback worth? Is it A, six points, B, seven points, C, two points, or D, zero points. What was a touchback? It's called a a touchback. Can you describe what that is? No. (laughs) (laughs) That would kind of give it away. Describing it would give it away. (laughs) Okay, can I just, like, talk through what I know and, like, try to formulate it? Go right ahead. Feel free. Okay, so what I think – okay, so I think a touchdown is six points, and then you kick it, and then it's another point, maybe. If you get that, you get seven points. But I don't think any of those are called a touchback, so I don't think it's six points. What were the options again? You got six, two. Six, seven, two, and one. Or two and zero, not one, zero. Zero points. Is this a trick question? Um, a touchback. What, what could that even be? Brayden, do you have an answer? <laughs> I feel like I'm going to go with zero because I think Brayden knows what's going on. So I'm, I'm going to say zero, too. You are correct. A touchback <laughs> is when um, on a kickoff or a punt, the ball goes into the back of the end zone. So worth zero points, it just means that you can't return the kick. So it was meant to be a trick question to trip you up with the whole touchdown touchback thing. Okay. But uh, you passed, both of you. <laughs> All right. Griffin, I'll let you read question number three. All right. Question number three. The Ohio State-Michigan rivalry is called A- the Michigan-Ohio War, B, Battle for Toledo, C, the match, or D, the game? I I think the first one. It's simple. To the point. I don't really know because I am kind of a Michigan fan, and I know Reed's going to rip me apart for not knowing this. Um I'm going to say, what, B? I think. Battle for Toledo? Unfortunately, neither of you are correct. The correct answer was D, the game. But the Battle for Toledo and the Michigan-Ohio War are both real things. Reed, would you care to explain some of the history? Yeah, the way that the Ohio uh, State-Michigan rivalry began was for, uh, it started in, Sometime in the 1800s, it was a war between Ohio and Michigan over who gets Toledo uh, and the surrounding area to be in their state. So that was how uh, hatred between Ohio uh, and Michigan kind of began. And 
to this day, they're still the biggest rivals in all sports. Yeah, uh, it started on the actual battlefield, and now it extends to the gridiron today. It was 1835, by the way. 1835, the the battle for Toledo in the Ohio-Michigan War. Okay, so here's another Ohio State-Michigan question. This time, you're going to have to give me a year. Um, So back in 2003, Michigan beat Ohio State. This is for double points. You get double points. So back in 2003, Michigan beat Ohio State. Since then, Michigan has only got – Excuse me. One win over Ohio State from 2004 to 2019. They only beat the Buckeyes once. Can you tell me the year? If you can get this, I'll, I'll be shocked. Okay. Um. Got a one in sixteen chance. I'm saying 2009 right? or fifteen. 2009. 2012. All right, you were both close, but the correct answer was 2011. No points. Oh no. You know. I think it raises the question, is it much of a rivalry if Michigan can only win one game in a 15-year span? Yeah, it sounds like I would much rather be an Ohio fan. Um. (laughs) (laughs) No. Reed, how do you you wager, Reed? Um, I I think they're going to make it 16 years uh, this season. I I don't think Michigan's going to win anything soon. I don't know. With Jordan Morant going to UMich – yeah, we don't even Jordan. bring Jordan Moran. We love into Jordan, this. but will he will don't Jordan even play this, this season? He's a safety and will he play this season? I don't know. Uh Michigan is fine, but Ohio, Ohio State's, State's got the best recruiting class in the in maybe we'll, in we'll history next this. year. We'll we can talk, talk about, about this later. later. But I mean Ohio State is by far or Ohio State and Clemson are by far the two best teams in college football, and I think Ohio State's the better of those two. I don't think anyone takes Ohio State. It uh, didn't, didn't seem like Ohio State was the better of those two when they met in the Fiesta Bowl. Don't get me started on the Fiesta Bowl. <laughs> we already had a whole episode about that game. We, had, we talked don't about that for like started. an hour and a half in January. But I don't know. Ohio State was the better team that day. They just played like crap. I don't know. I, I, I have an opinion on that, and I talked about it at length during that episode. Let's move on to the next question. Uh, Reed, I'll let you take it. All right. Um, the Heisman Trophy is awarded to which of the above? Is it A, the best player in college football, B, the Big Ten champion, C, the national champion, or D, none of the above? That's the Heisman Trophy. Uh, A. I'll tell you. Best, a, the yeah, best, best player, player in college football. Okay, I feel like, I feel like I'm going to say A too, but I, I feel like that's cheating on my part. Maybe I should just go first. But I'm going to say A, too. Do whatever you think, but A is the correct answer. <laughs> it's the best player. Uh, Heisman Trophy this previous season was won by Joe Burrow of LSU, uh, former Ohio State Buckeye, current Cincinnati Bengal, and Reed's favorite player in college football. Oh, not my favorite player, my favorite quarterback. Favorite quarterback, yeah, my bad, because he's no Chris Olave, right? Exactly. Chris Olave, definitely my favorite player in college football. I have a shirt with his number on it that I bought in Indianapolis at the Lids Outlet Store. Thank you for recommending me, Patrick. Of that course, it's my favorite place awesome. on the planet. But uh, yeah, big Chris about Olave that guy. place and about Chris Olave uh, at another time. But all right, uh, that means we've got a two to three game. Braden is up by a point. Question number is this five. Yeah, four or uh, five. I'm not counting so. at this point. Not we're counting at this point. Track, yeah. uh, I'll just like 
Griffin, take the next question. Maybe six. All right. Oh, all right. Yeah, it's six. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. I'm losing. I don't know. I'm losing track. But regardless, this is a geography question now. What state is Northwestern in? A. Illinois. B. Indiana. C. Michigan. D. Washington. Illinois. Illinois. You're both correct. I should know that I applied. I, I also get, got denied. But... Welcome welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, With I'm their, <laughs> like, what, 5% acceptance rate or whatever. Yeah, it would... Ugh. Guess what? We it's are so... going to a different school that I would much rather go to. Yeah, a yeah. better one. Take that. <laughs> Got three IU class of twenty twenty four people on here, so uh, it's going to be a fun time. It, it indeed Can't will. Wait. I cannot wait either. Hopefully, we're on campus. Whatever we don't, you know. Indeed, however yeah. However, is. however it shakes out, uh, cannot wait. Regardless. All right, next question. Yeah. We kind of alluded to this one earlier. Hopefully, I didn't blow the lead. Uh, how many teams are in the Big Ten? Ten, eleven, twelve, or fourteen? <laughs> Okay, well, you said Rutgers was 14. So I'm going to say 14, and if it's actually 10, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to say 14, too. Yeah, it's 14. I totally forgot that we had that question, uh, or else I wouldn't have said that. Maybe you could have thought I was – you could have overthought it and thought I was trying to mislead you. I wasn't. I just messed up and uh, accidentally blew that question. Uh, so, yeah, there are 14, although depending on how good Rutgers is some years, you could argue 13. How, what makes a team a Big Ten team? Well, okay, it's a conference. So if you're a member of the conference, like there's the Big Ten, the ACC, the SEC, the Pac-12, and all these different teams kind of join it. It's mostly geography-based. Like the Big Ten is like 80, 90% Midwest teams, except Maryland and, mm-hmm. and Rutgers. And Nebraska. Well, uh, ne- Nebraska. Nebraska's kind yep. in the Midwest. It's in the Plains. Depends depends on who you ask. But uh, it's just a conference. So if, you, if you're if you a part of it, I don't know how to describe it really beyond that. But uh, that's what it is. All right. Next question. So what is it called when a team does not get a first down in four plays? Uh, a neutral zone infraction, a handover, an interception, or a turnover on downs. Can you repeat the question? Okay, again? so when a team does not get a first down in four plays, what is it called? Right. A turnover on downs, first. an interception, a handover, or a neutral zone infraction. Okay, well, it doesn't sound like an infraction to me. Um, I don't. It's not an interception. So. Hmm. I'm gonna say that was the handover one. That's an answer. Yep. Okay, I'm doing that one. It's a turnover. It's a turnover on downs. Oh my god! All right, Brayden. (laughs) Brayden's got a two point lead now. Okay, that's fine. All right, next (laughs) question. Uh, like I said, we forgot what number question it is. But anyway, what is the name of the position that usually catches passes? Is it A, catcher, B, route runner, 
C, wide receiver, or D, inside receiver? I'm going to say wide receiver. Wide receiver. That, that one almost correct too answer. easy. <laughs> I'll take Take that. what you can get. Yep. Griffin, take the next one. All right. So whatever number question we're on, insert question, um, what is it called when a defensive player intercepts the ball and runs it to the end zone for a touchdown? Is it A, pick six, B, pick seven, C, scoop and score, D, there is no special name for this? Mm, the first two answers being similar makes me think it's one of those. But I've never heard. I'm mm, actually I'm gonna say a pick six. Raiden, your answer. I, I want to say pick six, but I want to say there's none, and I'm in. I'm really in between. Um, does anyone have a coin? Heads or tails? <laughs> nope, tails. We got heads. Er... Okay, pick six. <laughs> it's it's a pick six. Correct. You're uh, both right. Natalie, you got it quicker. I just pulled a Jesse Pollock. I was really hoping you were going to get that wrong. It would be a closer game. Still a two-point Still game. Still a two-point game. Natalie got, um, that, Natalie got that one on... without the coin toss, so I think we're we got to give her a little credit there. Thank you, guys. I've heard pick six before. I just didn't know if it was that. Hey, you got it. You, you got to take it, right? Take what you get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We take those. All right, next question. Which of the following teams is not in the Big Ten for football? Okay. Is it? I'm Yeah. All right. I'm going to actually change the answer. Okay, wait. All right. So is it A, Michigan State, B, Purdue, C, Notre Dame, or D, Maryland? C, Notre Dame. Maryland. Oh, the correct answer is C, Notre Dame. Yeah. You might not guess that because Maryland is on the East Coast and Notre Dame's in the Midwest, so they fit geographically. But Maryland is in the Big Ten as of... 2014. 2014. They they joined the same year as Rutgers. Yep. I forgot. I, I forgot Notre Dame was in the Big Ten. Yeah. I thought they were in a different one. I felt like that one was going to trip you up because they are in the Big Ten for hockey, and I know you're a big hockey guy. Yeah. All right. True or false section. Reed, I'll let you take the reins. All right. It's another question about my team, Ohio State. True or false? Ohio State's football stadium is called Ohio Field. I'm going to say, okay, so my stat teacher um, went to Ohio State, and I don't think it, he talks about it all the time, but I don't think I've ever heard him talk about it being called that, so I'm going to say false. I'm going to say false, too. That is the correct answer. It's called Ohio, Ohio Stadium. Ohio Field Ohio is Ohio actually Field. the name of the old football stadium at Ohio State about 100 years ago, and it's still That's in true. the fight song today. Look at you, Patrick, knowing your Ohio State. We've done history. this a couple times where I've like rattled off like all the songs the Ohio State band plays and just hearing your, your admiration for that, it's great. 
day by day you're becoming more. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the, <laughs> these days I'm sorry to the rest you. of the world that uh that I'm so indoctrinated in Ohio State at this point because it's basically like the number one thing we've talked about on this show because they've just been so good the whole time. But uh, you know, it is what it is. I I am a number one Indiana Hoosiers fan, but I watch a lot of Ohio State because I have to. All right. We'll see about that. I can't say I cheer against them. I, I cheer against a few teams. I cheer against Purdue. I cheer against Kentucky. I cheer against Michigan. I don't cheer against Ohio State. Yeah. Griffin. All right. Take it. Next question. All right. Who's got it? Every year, Indiana and Purdue play for a trophy called the Old Oaken Bucket. True or false? I'm going to say true. I'm going to say true, too. In that is correct. Yes. Yeah, the Old Oaken Bucket has been one of the oldest rivalries in college football. They've played pretty much every year for you know decades. And most recently, uh, pardon that, uh, most recently, uh, the Old Oaken Bucket belongs to Indiana after winning in double overtime in West Lafayette last season. Cool. Indeed. Okay. Another trophy question. The trophy for Wisconsin and Minnesota is called Paul Bunyan's Axe. Brayden, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, I'm going to sound stupid, but which Minnesota? Because I know a few Minnesota Okay, colleges. so University Golden of Minnesota Gophers. Twin Cities. The Golden, oh, Gophers. Golden Gophers. Okay. Um, Golden. Go- I'm it, true or false? True or false? Right? The Paul Bunyan axe. I'm gonna yep. say. I'm gonna say true. I'm Between gonna... Wisconsin. Natalie. Yeah. What's your answer? True or false? Paul Bunyan's axe. False. Going false. Yeah. Unfortunately, the answer is true for you, but. <sighs> Paul Bunyan's axe, Wisconsin and Minnesota. Wisconsin won it this previous year in the snow in Minneapolis. Uh, but the year before, Minnesota got it done. Now Braden has a two-point lead with only two questions left. So Braden has to miss both, and Natalie has to get them both right. No okay. pressure. Yeah. Tons of suspense and pressure. All right, all right. Reed, take it. All right, next question. The Big Ten is called the Big Ten because they have teams in exactly 10 different states. True or false? Mm. Um, I'm going to say, okay, wait. Brayden, you She's got a disadvantage right now, so she's down. So may, maybe that's fair. She has been going first. She did in the first half so far, it's too. True. So. She went first herself, though. Yeah, mm. that's true. All right, Braden, your answer is Michigan State in the Big Ten. Michigan State is in the Big Ten, but we can't tell you. Uh, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, sure they are. But we're talking about how many states. Not it's like, true then. Not like state is in Ohio State, Michigan State, but like <laughs> like actual geographical states, like Illinois, Indiana, etc. 
I feel like you just got a little bit of a hint right there. I'm, whoa, I'm whoa, saying, whoa. I'm, I'm no, I'm saying true. Just clarifying the question. I'm saying, saying true, true, Natalie. True or false? I'm, I'm saying false just because they recently added teams and it was called the Big Ten before that, I think. It's false. So. It is false. There are teams in 11 states. Yes. Wow. All right, we've got a game. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, was, I said it true. It all comes down to this one. Okay, final question. Griffin, do you want to take it? Sure. True or false? The Big Ten football championship is held in Indianapolis every year. Hmm. Okay, I have my answer, but... What if you guys both say it at the same time? Ooh. I like that. I like that. All right, the we'll compromiser. Are you guys both ready? Yeah. Well, first we got to make sure they're both ready. Brayden, you ready? Um, yeah. All right, so we're playing Brayden can win right. or Natalie can tie. All right, from the count of three. We have a tiebreaker tie by the way. So... Okay, All right. cool. We're going to count to three. One, two, three. False. True. So, Natalie's. who said false? Wait, who said true? Who said false? I said false. All right. We Well, the answer is true. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Natalie, we're sorry. Brayden, congratulations. Uh, yes, the Big Ten Championship is held right here in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium every year. Me and Griffin, or me and Reed, not Griffin. I wish uh, I could have gone. This previous year. It would have been fun if you could have gone, but we went this previous year when Ohio State beat Wisconsin. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Hopefully, I can go in the future when the Indiana Hoosiers are playing for a Big Ten championship. Well, the more you know, that's pretty cool. It is, I yeah. mean, Yeah, it's cool that we get wow. to host it here in Indy. We'd be like, yeah, very close game. Um it was. I think it was overall success. We got to do this again uh, with some new guests. Yeah, this is a lot a of fun. Show. Thank you both for playing. Do you guys have anything you want to plug? Um. Yeah. Sure. I'm in a band. We're called Indigo Boulevard. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you want to listen to music. Um. We have some good stuff, but that's pretty much it. I agree. I like the EP. I really do recommend it. I think you should go give it a listen. Indigo Boulevard over on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to music. Uh, Natalie, thanks for joining us. You can follow her on Instagram at Natalie Ingalls. Natalie, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. And to our winner, Brayden, do you have anything to say? Um, thanks for having me. I had a, had a lot of fun. Found out some uh, you know new things about Big Ten. Had a lot of fun doing it, and uh, yeah, that's about it. And before you go, Brayden, um, I I want to give a shout out to your uh, Instagram. Everyone, go follow Sifes Hockey. That's spelled C Y P H S dot H K Y. Definitely recommend it. One of the coolest pages out there on Instagram. Uh, you got to see it with your own two eyes. <laughs> Thank you. All right, that wraps it up for the first ever First and Ten quiz show. Natalie, Brayden, thank you both for joining us. We'd love to have you back. Yeah, thank you, guys. I hope Thank you. All right, thanks to Natalie and Brayden for coming on and 
first ever first and ten quiz show. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. It was a whole lot of fun to record. Congrats to for our way too early 2020 predictions. Enjoy. Welcome back to the First and Ten podcast. I'm your host Patrick Feltz, joined again by Griffin Healy, Reed Murray. Just finished recording our game show. So we need a little more content on this episode. So we're going to do our way too early award predictions for the 2020 season. If we get a 2020 season, knock on wood, right? So uh, we're going to talk about exactly. those. We're going to talk. We're not going to talk about every single award. Like we're not going to break it all the way down to defensive lineman, return specialist, punter, kicker. But we're going to do player of the year, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, quarterback, running back, receiver, and tight end, and freshman, and coach. I kept saying and because I uh, I forgot commas <laughs> exist for a second. Huge grammar yeah, guy. Yeah, you know me, the journalist. Big editor guy. Editor, journalism major, all that. <laughs> so let's talk about some awards for next season. What are we predicting? And remember when we were going to do the award show here on the first and 10 and that never happened? Yeah, I feel like we could Maybe still we do could it. get it. Uh, let us know. Let us we know should. if you want to do it. Uh, we would we would record it if there's if the demand is there, we'll do it. So uh, hit us up. Let us know. Let's get this 2020 awards prediction started with our Player of the Year, and I think this is a pretty easy choice. Uh, the guy who I said was pretty much the unanimous runner up for Big Ten Player of the Year last season because of a guy who's no longer in the conference, no longer on his team, and now he's going to have a whole another year of experience under his belt. And I think it's Justin Fields, and I don't think there's much of a contest. Justin Fields is going to be the best quarterback in college football this coming season. Chase Young is not going to be around to steal his award. I don't think there's anybody better than Justin Fields in the Big Ten or college football. I think he is the Heisman favorite. I 100% agree. I think, you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to be in the Heisman conversation because, you know, everyone thinks he's – this perfect quarterback and I'll talk about Trevor Lawrence uh, some other day. Cause I have a lot of opinions on him, but I can't like, I it's, I mean, the Heisman Heisman trophy is Justin Fields award to win. The only, the only way he doesn't win it is if, is if he messes up, there's no way someone's going to take mm-hmm. it from him. Yeah, no, it's, it's his to lose at this point, I think. And obviously at this point, we're what, how many months out from the season if we get one, like four or five at this point from the, the heat of the awards yeah. like, discussion when we actually know like who the Heisman frontrunner is because, you know, this point last year, who would have told you it was going to be Joe Burrow? So I guess for right now, we can say Justin Fields is the Heisman favorite, but we really can't know until then. Yeah. That's kind of the thing with an episode like this because mm-hmm. things will change during the season and even in the preseason, assuming we get one, but but I think for now we can pretty pretty much say Justin Fields is going to be the guy. Yeah, yeah you're right. Um, yeah, I mean I'm sure there is going to be some player who does emerge similar to Joe Burrow because there's always someone who you don't expect who's at least in the top five, maybe top three. But I think Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence are going to be the two front runners for the majority of the season. Yeah, I think I think so too, and. Griffin, do you have any different opinions on that? No, I genuinely don't. Like you said, it's really just Fields' award to lose at this point. I mean, the way he's been playing the like from the last season, I can't really see a way that he just loses this award. 
Yeah, and uh, it is he is the in the driver's seat uh, as of now and week one of the season. I, I think he'll be in the driver's seat too, and uh, we're just gonna hand him the Graham George Offensive Player of the Year and the Greasy Breeze Quarterback of the Year too, because we all agree with him on Player of the Year. So of course he'll be offensive and quarterback too. Okay, so we've got our Justin Fields segment out of the way. <laughs> All right, now here's one I think we might have a little bit more dissent on. The Nagurski Woodson Defensive Player of the Year. Who is our Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year for next year? Obviously, it can't be a repeat because Chase Young is on uh, in the NFL now with Washington, so uh, he can't win it again. Who's your pick? I have an answer, but Reed, I'll let you start. Yeah, this one, uh, I know we talked about this a little bit before and we disagreed, um, but I think it's going to be Sean Wade because Sean Wade, two years ago, um, his first season as an Ohio State starter, he was kind of, he was all right. Uh, he made a lot of mistakes and he made a few good plays. Last season was sort of a breakout year for him. You can tell he made a big impact, especially when he was taken out of a Fiesta Bowl for targeting. You could see the impact that his absence had. Uh, made on that Ohio State defense so you can really see how valuable of a player he is sort of like how, how we noticed how valuable J.K. Dobbins was whenever he was gone so you can already tell on a defense stacked with Jeffrey Okuda and Damon Arnett Chase Young in the D-line etc that he is an extremely impactful player I think when he's going to be the focal point of this Ohio State defense next season he's really going to shine and we're going to see how much of a talent he is. And although there's not a lot of right now, there's no spring practices, summer practices. Um, I think he, I think he's, you know, everyone's working out at home. I think he's going to develop there. And I mean, he's got the tools. He's, he's an Ohio state defensive back and Ohio state does produce defensive backs extremely well. So I think we're going to see one of the most talented defensive backs in the country. I think the only D back who's going to be, better than him next season, it's going to be Stingley out of LSU because that kid is just raw. I mean, he was a freshman last he season. And he was one oh, of the he, best he's awesome, man. So I think he's going to be the national best defensive back, but I think Sean Wade will be definitely best defensive back in the Big Ten. I'm going to put him in as my pick for best defensive player overall. Now, I guess I, I've talked highly of Sean Wade before, of course, and, and that impact he made against – Clemson when when he was gone it was it was very noticeable uh, the defense kind of fell apart after that so yeah I think Sean Wade is definitely deserving to be in the conversation but I've got two players I want to talk about first one's Micah Parsons uh, the linebacker out of Penn State uh, Micah uh, he was the Big Ten linebacker of the year last year and, and he was the focal point the head of that Penn State defense and, and he He's all over the field. He is such an active player. He was one of my favorite linebackers in all of college football last year, and I don't see a better linebacker in the Big Ten than him. And honestly, I don't think I see a better defensive player in the Big Ten than him. I, I think Micah Parsons is going to be the front runner, and uh, assuming he can keep it up, have another really good season, I, th I think Parsons is going to be the guy. And the other guy I wanted to talk about uh, it's an IU player. I want to talk about Taiwan Mullen, uh, who was just a true freshman last year. I don't know if he can win uh, the player of the year this year on the defensive side of the ball, but I'd argue he was one of the best defensive backs, uh, not only 
uh, in the Big Ten, but in the country as a freshman. Uh, maybe not, maybe not nationally among all players, but among freshmen, I think uh, for sure. Taiwan was a lockdown corner, and uh, his pro football focus rating is the highest among returning Big Ten defensive backs uh, with an 80.8. He's actually tied with Ambry Thomas of Michigan. Another guy I'd give a mention to uh, is Ambry Thomas, but I think Mullen is is the best of the bunch. I think this guy is awesome. I think he's I think he's better than Sean Wade, actually, and I am really excited to see what Tywin Mullen has to offer as a sophomore and even as a junior because, you know, he was a little under-recruited as a prospect. And I think he didn't have a lot of the high major offers. His brother, of course, plays in the NFL with the Oakland Raiders went to Clemson. Uh, he didn't get the same offers as him because he's smaller, but he has played just as well. This guy is an elite corner and as a sophomore, and especially as a junior, I think he can be one of the best defensive backs in the nation. And Ambry Thomas, like I just said, he deserves a mention too. Uh, and if we're talking defensive backs, I think the third highest rated one Another IU player, actually, Jamar Johnson. I won a Grammy. He he's been really good too for IU. So I think those guys all get a mention, and in addition to Sean Wade, but I think Micah Parsons is the guy. Man, Patrick, you love bringing up that I won a Grammy. Uh, I think he's got one of the best uh, ads out there. I'd love to get him on the show and ask him if he has won a Grammy. I I assume the answer is no, but <laughs> uh. I just also want to ask, like, how did he get that name? Like, why is he I Want a Grammy? I like it. I like his name a lot. Griffin, what's your opinion on this? All right. I I guess Griffin's Griffin? not with us. I think he's... Griffin, are you there? All right, I guess we'll move on, get his opinion on this when his connection gets better and he okay, comes back. Okay, so, uh, yeah, but, uh, nothing, nothing what from we have Griffin next, there on Defensive Player of the Year. Earlier it sounded like he was he was talking about Micah Parsons. So uh, I guess we can assume he was going to say Micah Parsons. He said that off recording to us. All right, next up, it was going to be quarterback of the year, but all three of us said Justin Fields. Running back of the year, here's an interesting one. Uh, I think there's an argument to be made for a few players here, but – Reed, I'll let you take uh, first first crack at it. Yeah, so as you can see, you can probably tell if you didn't already know this from listening to my picks that I'm an Ohio State fan. Um, so you would probably expect me to go with the Ohio State running back, Trey Sermon here, which I think he's definitely going to put up a fight for this, um, for this award. But I got to give it to the Penn State running back, Journey Brown. This guy, he's, he has speed, um, but he, he's just so strong. And I think if you look at his highlights from the Cotton Bowl against Memphis, you can really see what kind of player he is. And I think he's just absolutely going to break out next season. Now that KJ Hamler, because he was such a focal point of that offense last season. Now that Hamler's gone, I think the offense is going to be more focused around Brown. And I, I think he's going to get uh, a lot of good stuff done. I think that Penn State, uh, I think they're going to be, I got them finishing I, I got him either second or third in the Big Ten East because I, I, th- I think I had Michigan ahead of them just because Michigan plays them at home and they always play Penn State well at home. But I think Penn State is definitely going to be one of the best teams in the nation, probably going to win a New Year's Six game if they go to it. And I think a lot of that's going to be because of Journey Brown. He's just – I just see a lot of a lot of skill, a lot of potential in him, and I think he's going to 
become an even better player next year than he was this previous yeah, season. Yeah, I like Journey Brown a lot too. I, I don't think he's actually going to be my pick. There are a couple guys I want to talk about. My pick's going to be Trey Sermon from, from Ohio State, but I want to talk about a couple of guys before that. First guy uh, at Wisconsin, obviously Jonathan Taylor is not coming through that locker room anymore. And Jonathan Taylor was one of the most prolific college running backs of all time. I guess we'll, we'll have to see what he does uh, with my Indianapolis Colts next year. Uh, hopefully it's good things. I know I wasn't too high on him in our draft preview, but obviously he was talented and, and we'll see what he does in the pros. But uh, there's a huge hole in that Wisconsin running back room now. And I think the guy who's going to end up filling it is Nakia Watson. He was the backup last year. He didn't get many touches, obviously, because Jonathan Taylor was the guy. I mean, he was Jonathan freaking Taylor. He He was an awesome player, but you know, he still had 74 carries, 331 yards. I mean, that's nothing to scoff at, especially on that low of a volume. And Wisconsin's always got a great offensive line and produces running backs like it's, you know, their job. They are running back you, I would say. Every year, Wisconsin's got a, a new running back who dominates the Big Ten. So I think he at least deserves a mention because I think there's a way that Either he goes out there week one and runs for 200 yards against IU, or he starts a little slowly, but by week four, he's a consistent 100-yard rusher. Another guy I wanted to talk about, uh, ju- just as a mention, uh, is Journey Brown. And Journey Brown, he was awesome last year, and, and I think he'll be just as good this year. He's so quick. And Penn State. I don't think people really talk about this enough. Penn State's always got great running backs. Obviously, there was Saquon for all those years. But, you know, even since, since Saquon, they've been, you know, pretty set at running back and, and before that, too. So I think people sleep on the Penn State running back development, the running back room, and Journey Brown is just another extension of that. But my guy is Trey Sermon, Oklahoma transfer, Ohio State Buckeye. I, I just think he's going to slip into the J.K. Dobbins role super well. I think... He's he's okay. Last year, the argument was J.K. Dobbins versus Jonathan Taylor, and it was even in this draft too. I think it's going to be kind of similar this year with Watson and uh, Trey Sermon both slipping into the Dobbins and Taylor roles. But I think more so, we just know what. Uh, Trey Sermon is going to bring to the table because we've watched him at Oklahoma before. We've seen way more Trey Sermon than we've seen of Nakia Watson. And I also just think Ohio State's going to have a better offensive line and a better team than Wisconsin and going to open more opportunities for Trey Sermon. And, you know, maybe adjusting to a new team is going to be difficult, but I think he's going to find a way and I think he's going to be the best running back in the conference. Yeah, and uh, I heard you talking about those Penn State running backs earlier. And last season, you know, Journey Brown obviously starting running back for Penn State, but they have one of the deepest running back rooms in the nation. And they utilized a lot of these players last season. Obviously, they used, utilized them more against out-of-conference opponents and the weaker conference opponents. But, I mean, you saw week in, week out, Noah Kane getting touches, Devin Ford uh, getting on the field, and even Ricky Slade, who was the fourth-string back, He's even getting some playing time. And all these guys, all really talented players. I remember watching Devin Ford. He's the third string running back right now on that depth chart. Um, I remember watching him, I think it was week one against Idaho. That guy has some talent. I remember comparing him to, um, I was comparing him to Barkley. Like he's obviously not at Saquon Barkley level yet, but I think 
in time he'll get there. It was his freshman season last year. Um, and, you know, you saw it his freshman year. I think you give him uh, a year or two, he's really going to develop nicely and become one of the best backs mm-hmm. in the nation. I, I can see it happening too. All right. Now we've got the receiver of the year, the Richter Howard receiver of the year. Griffin is disconnected, but Griffin was going to talk about Rondell Moore. So uh, I guess one of us can just make the argument for Rondell Moore in addition to our actual picks, but I'm going to actually start on this one, Reed. Uh, I want to talk about Rashad Bateman uh, from Minnesota. He was the receiver of the year last year. And this year I see no reason why he shouldn't be the favorite to win it again. Obviously he's returning for another year at the U of M and he was just incredible last season. And this time, here's why things could be a little bit different uh, with Rashad Bateman. Number one, Tyler Johnson's not on the field. And number two, Tyler Johnson's not on the field, which I think can be a blessing and a curse for him. I think it'll, it could be really good for his statistics because a lot of those passes that were just going to go to Tyler Johnson, they're just going to give him to Bateman now. And Bateman will probably have more yards, more touchdowns, more receptions than he did last year. But he could also be in double coverage a lot more often because Tyler Johnson isn't going to be there uh, to be the other huge receiving threat for Minnesota. So I think if there's any player who can beat the double coverage often enough, it's going to be Rashad Bateman. But I think there's a chance that that kind of gets to him, but I think he is still the favorite first and foremost. And the other guy I wanted to talk about, uh, not the guy Griffin was going to bring up, but my guy, Wap Fillier. Wap, I'm not going to make the argument exactly just for Wap. Obviously, he's a great player. He's going to be Indiana's number one receiver. Michael Penix hopefully stays healthy, uh, which would, I think, help his numbers a lot. He's an electric player, super quick. And I think Wap will put up huge numbers his senior season and potentially be a late day two or early day three draft pick. But I think I can kind of make the argument against other guys more so than I can make the argument for Wap. I guess the other three, you know, big name receivers in the Big Ten, I think you would say are Rondell Moore, Rashad Bateman, and Chris Olave. For Olave, the argument against him, too many receivers in that room, he won't get enough touches. Bateman, he's going to be in double coverage without Tyler Johnson on the field, and he won't make as many catches. More, you can say he's not going to recover from injury, and it's going to take him too much time to get acclimated to the speed of the game again, which lets Fillier slide into first place. Uh, I don't think Fillier's going to be the receiver of the year, but I think he's going to have a really, really good senior season. And obviously, I've been seeing his praises for you know about a year at this point, so... I'm going to continue to sing him uh, till the day he is no longer on the Indiana University football team and even beyond then when he's in the NFL. So, you know, Wap Fillier, keep an eye out on him in addition to my pick, Rashad Bateman. Reed, talk about Chris Olave because we all know you're going to pick him. Yep. Christopher Olave. I've said this before. Uh, I think I said it's in another one of our uh, off-season episodes that he's going to be the best receiver in the nation next season. And although you do make a good point of, have, of Ohio State having a loaded wide receiver room, it might end up being a KJ Hill kind of situation where he has a really good year. The next year he sort of fades in the background. But the thing is, the difference between KJ Hill and Chris Olave is Olave is – he's incredibly athletic. We've seen that. He's made some crazy catches. But he's, he's so reliable. There's only been one play in his entire time at Ohio State that I've seen where he's let the team down and not been there to make the perfect play. And that was, unfortunately, the play that cost Ohio State the Fiesta Bowl. And I think 
you know, that's that's the last play that any of these Ohio State guys were on the field for. That is just burned into Olave's memory, I would have to imagine. And you know when he works out in the offseason, when he gets steps onto the field uh, next season, he's thinking about that play and how he's going to make up for it. So that is definitely going to play a huge role. But also just the fact that he's a freak athlete who has the best quarterback in the nation passing to him. I think it's just such a deadly combination. And if you're a defensive back for an opponent, you don't want to be lined up against number two. Yeah, for CO2. State. CO2. So that's why, I mean. It's deadly. Like we say, yeah, CO2, it's dangerous. It's deadly. Um, and if you don't know what we're talking about, he just changed his number from 17 to two, uh, if you weren't aware of that. But um, I mean, I, th- I think Chris Olave, I mean, he already had a bit of a breakout year last year. His name uh, became known by more than just Ohio State fans, but I think he'll be a household name by the end of the season because he's, I mean, he's one of the best wide receivers I've ever seen play the game of football at the college level. And I don't think he's even... Olave's going to be good. He's going to be really good this coming season. And I think what you were saying about that last play against Clemson being etched into his memory, that's exactly what I was saying back in January after the Fiesta Bowl, after the national semifinal, when we talked about that. So I, I do think that that's going to be a big motivator for him and, and hopefully at least him having an even better season than before because he's a fun player to watch. and He's a guy who, who's easy to root for, I would say. Yeah, and, you know, we actually – well, first got to talk about Rondell Moore, but the other guy who I was thinking about, again, this isn't someone who I think is going to win this award, but I think he's going to have an incredible season at the wide receiver position and put up a fight. Uh, that's Amir Smith-Marset, number six of the Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, this is another guy. He's a speed guy, um, but he has good hands. He can make plays. I believe he's a kick returner as well. Um, I could be wrong about that. But I, I do know he can make some really good plays on the field as a receiver. He doesn't have his quarterback, Nate Stanley, to pass to him anymore because Stanley, he was a pretty reliable quarterback. Obviously, um, not a guy who's going to have an incredible career in the NFL. Um, but he was, he, was, he was a pretty reliable quarterback to have uh, in college. So he's not going to have uh, – I, I don't know who – or there's a redshirt freshman. Or he'll be red redshirt sophomore this season. His name is Spencer Petras who's going to be stepping into that quarterback quarterback position. Uh, we haven't seen enough of him to determine how good of a quarterback he's going to be. But I think uh, Amir Smith-Marset, he's, he's, he's just got a lot of skill. Um, and I think this Iowa offense, they're going to take a step up from, the, from what they were next se- or last season. They weren't the most uh, high-powered offense in college football, but they sort of turned it on at the end, especially with Nico uh, Rajaini. I think it's how you say Rags. his name. Uh, we talked – yeah, we call him call him Nico Rags. That's his Instagram uh, name. But uh, you know th- this this Iowa wide receiving uh, core definitely not one that you want to sleep on. And if you watch the the Holiday Bowl again, this is the their Let's bowl see. game against USC. You can really see the talent that Smith Marset and this whole Iowa offense had. And we hadn't really seen uh, Iowa blow out a team on offense other than when they played teams like Miami of Ohio. Other than that, they've always been close, low-scoring games. And uh, Iowa's offense kind of exploded that that week, and I think they're going to do it again um, a lot of the season. I'm really high on Iowa. We'll talk about how I feel about Iowa as a whole later on, but I'm super high on the Iowa. Yeah, there are a couple other receivers who I think we should talk about. I think the whole conference is super deep at receiver this season, and First, let's talk about Rondale Moore. I'll, I'll let you kind of lead the conversation on this one because there's a lot to say about Rondale Moore. I mean, this guy 
that 2018 season was magical. And maybe we can talk about David Bell a little bit too. I don't know how we feel about David Bell as an award candidate, but I'll just let you take it. Yeah. Um, Rondell Moore, there's not even too much you can say about him. It's just you watch the way he plays the game. He's just incredibly athletic. I think just the fact that he's – I would say he's the most athletic player in the conference, arguably the most athletic player in the nation. The only reason he didn't win this award last season was because he was injured. Um, I think the only reason uh, that he might not win it um, would be obviously his, the Big Ten is stacked when it comes to wide receivers, but we don't know how well he's going to come back from this injury. So that could be going against him. But I think, you know, you get a player like him, he'll bounce back well. The only problem is he might lose a bit of speed. And uh, his speed was really one of his, his greatest assets. And, again, uh, not to talk about Ohio State too much, but you can see a great example of the strength and the athleticism that Ronda Moore has is you look two, two years ago when Purdue had their big upset over Ohio State, the Ohio State linebackers, defensive backs, and safeties just could not tackle him. They'd wrap their arms around him, and he'd just slip right away as if he had butter all over him. Um, and he just sli- he just slipped right out of their hands. And, you know, it's, he's just a, an extremely difficult player to play against. So, you know, not too much you can say about him. It's just you, you watch the film, just a ridiculously talented player. Yeah, he, he's obviously super good. And I guess we'll see how he returns from injury because – he did struggle a little bit even before the injury in 2019. And if he returns from injury well, him and David Bell could be absolutely dangerous because Bell was freshman of the year last year. He was just such a good player. I, I'm worried about that Purdue team. Uh, if they get, you know, consistent quarterback play, I guess we'll see uh, what happens with that in a consistent run game. Their offense could be really good. And I don't, I don't really feel the same about their defense outside of the pass rush, but that offense with those two receivers, uh, the rest of the conference could be in a lot of trouble when they play Purdue. Uh, let's talk about uh, – Yeah, and um, well, one last thing when it comes to wide receivers, I was thinking as we were talking about this, you know, you were talking about uh, Moore and Bell from Purdue, you know, giving some respect to your rivals. And Nico I was thinking, Collins. Well, we I, I was going to talk about Nico player. Collins. Nico yep. Collins is coming back for his senior year. Uh, I would argue he was the best receiver on Michigan – Last season, uh, even I think he was better than I think he oh, was yeah, way better he's... than Donovan Peoples Jones, and, and we talked about that in our in our draft agree. episode too. And I think TPJ was good, but I really really like Nico Collins compared to him. Nico Collins, uh, he had his biggest game of the year against IU, so I think that kind of like stays fresh in my mind since he absolutely torched my team for. I think he had like 170 yards and three touchdowns. I, I mean, he absolutely you know smoked us and. I don't know if yeah, and, we could see that on a consistent level again. I guess without Peoples-Jones as the other threat on the side of him, maybe his production falls off because he'll be double-teamed more. Maybe it increases because he's going to get the ball more. Same issue with Rashad Bateman. I think we'll see a lot of Nico Collins this year, even more than last year. And speaking of not having people jo- Peoples-Jones with him, uh, another receiver is going to step up at Michigan is Giles Jackson. He was a freshman last year. Um, not a lot of people noticed him, but, uh, he made some, he made some big plays. I know he had, uh, a huge play against Indiana. I remember yep. watching that and, and I do believe he scored the first touchdown against Ohio state. So he's going to really be a threat for Michigan's opponents. But I mean, Nico Collins, you can, you can tell that he's, he, he's definitely a talented receiver. I think he's going to do big things, in the NFL. 
at the receiver position. I remember uh, I first noticed him when it was uh, the Ohio State-Michigan game two years ago. He just completely mossed Jordan Fuller. I think he might have done it twice. I know he scored two touchdowns that game. But he made a ridiculous catch um, against Fuller. And, you know, now Shea Patterson, he's gone. Uh, A lot of people have a lot of different things to say about Shea Patterson. But I know on our show we are not the biggest fans of his. We don't really believe in him as a quarterback. Now that he's gone, Dylan McCaffrey stepping in. This is going to be, I think, his, his senior year. Um, may, I, maybe it'll be his junior year, but I think it's going to be his senior year. He hasn't got a lot of playing time, but I've heard really good things about Dylan McCaffrey. I've seen him play before. He's he's definitely uh, – I, I think he's going to do better than uh, Shea Patterson did. He's he's definitely going to be a threat. Um, so I think when you, when you combine a receiver like Nico Collins with Dylan McCaffrey – I think you're going to see a lot of offensive power from the Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, I agree. Uh, do you want to talk about tight ends in depth? I, I think the answer is Pat Fryermuth for me. And the only other mentions I really have mm-hmm. are whoever Iowa plays at tight end, because you always have to worry about them. And then Peyton Hendershot, if he is, you know, cleared of the charges and allowed to be on the team, I'm not going to really comment on that because I know he's been, active in some off-season stuff with the team and coach Allen commented on it I I don't know the details I'm not going to get into the specifics but I think Hendershot will be really good if he plays and I think it would be good for Indiana the football team if he plays morally I'm not going to comment one way or the other on this I think it's too it's just not worth touching really uh but I think those three uh, Fryermuth, generic Iowa tight end, and that, that's the biggest compliment I can give to Iowa, just saying generic Iowa tight end, because no matter who they plug in at tight end, they're going to be good. And then Hendershot, if he is out there. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, agree. Indiana, um, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a tricky situation to comment on when it comes to um, – when it comes to Hendershot, but, you know, you're talking about Iowa, you're completely right. Whoever they plug in at that tight end position pretty much always performs well. So it's, it's sort of like the Wisconsin running back position. No matter mm-hmm. who they have, always a guy to watch out for. You can even say for. that with, like, quarterback at Ohio State, I think, because, I mean, you can say what you will, and we talked about this. You can say what you will about JT Barrett, but, you know, he was still a really good quarterback. And no matter who you've plugged in, it was who Braxton Miller, Cardale Jones, JT Barrett – all the way up to Justin Fields today, and you could have plugged in Joe Burrow. They're going to be good. Man, one of these days, one of these days, I'm going to have to talk about Braxton Miller because people forget how incredible yeah, the quarterback he was. Yeah, he went to wide receiver. He I got think we injured, should do a classic. I mean, Braxton Miller is one of the greatest quarterbacks. I think we should Ohio do a classics episode about that era of Ohio State. And I, we haven't done a classics yet, but we've been talking about it. The first one we're going to do is either Illinois, we're going to do a game from the 2007 Illinois season at some point, but. Uh, we can do something from that Ohio State era too, I think. So uh, th- those are really our yeah, three and... tight ends. Reed, what was that? Oh yeah, I was just going to talk about. I was just going to briefly say that Carlos Hyde, another Ohio State player from that era, people forget about how much of a monster mm-hmm. he was. Oh in yeah, college, but yeah, yeah, Carlos Hyde was so good. Okay, last two awards. Let's do the Thompson Randall L. Shout out to Antoine Randall L. IU football. Freshman of the year. I think it's going to be another Buckeye. I think it's going to be Paris Johnson Jr. Uh, th- this guy 
He's an offensive lineman off the tackle out of Cincinnati. He's going to be a true freshman. I think he'll probably still get a spot on that Ohio State offensive line because he is just that good. This guy is massive. He He's a brick wall, and not only a brick wall, he's a brick wall that moves right at you and will ram your defensive lineman. I think this guy's going to start probably as a freshman at Ohio State and be really, really, really good as a freshman. And I think in you know two or three years when he's a junior, he can be a top five pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying about uh, Paris Johnson Jr. And honestly, I feel like this award is going to go – like I just have a hunch it's going to go to somebody weird, yeah. like an Illinois player or something like that, that we would have – you know, no idea. Just someone randomly breaks out. Yeah, and has I mean, an incredible you year. Have but I David feel like Bell last actually. Well, I kind of did pick David Bell last year. I thought I remember talking about Purdue in our first episode, and I said people need to watch out for David Bell, this kid from Warren Central, uh, in Indianapolis, That's east true. side of Indianapolis. Yeah, call I called David Bell, but I think you know nationally and on a grander scale, even than what I was saying, I don't think we could have predicted David Bell was going to be as good as he was because he was really good, especially without Rondell Moore on the field. So it, I kind of agree it could be somebody completely out of nowhere. and Maybe they don't want to give it to an offensive lineman, but I think Paris Johnson Jr. is going to make the biggest impact as a freshman. Yeah, and another player, just because I know Ohio State freshmen more than I know them at any other school, Jackson Smith and Jeeba. Uh, I don't know if I said his name correctly. I guess I'll make him my pick just because uh, – actually, you know what? He's not going to be my pick because the Ohio State wide receiver position – uh, is yeah, going to be loaded with Olave and Garrett Wilson. So he's not going to get as many touches, but he'll definitely make an impact. Um, and when Olave is gone, I think he's going to step into that role and do basically what Olave has done. Ohio State wide receiver. I mean, you talk about Ohio State being DBU. Ohio State is definitely in the conversation for wide receiver U. And I think after five years from now, they could undisputedly be wide receiver U with some of the incredible recruiting talent. Yeah, they brought especially. In. And with Coach Brian Hartline, I mean, he's he's a guy, he played at Ohio State. He went to the NFL. He, he knows what it takes to be a receiver in college and at the next level. And he, I mean, he recruits better than almost any coach in college. Yeah, football. Reed, and you were even talking about picking up a Hartline Browns jersey the other day. I thought that would be pretty cool. But uh I think Ohio State is pretty much undisputedly WRU if, you know, guys like Chris Olave, KJ Hill, who's in the NFL now, and yeah, Garrett Wilson, all these guys pan out at the next level. Uh, Paris Campbell, and we've already seen uh, Terry McLaurin become a really good NFL receiver just in his first year. Uh, Paris Campbell gets healthy. I think he'll be really good too with the Colts, so. Yeah, obviously so many good receivers coming out of Ohio State. It'll be hard for a freshman to kind of compete on that roster as a freshman. But another receiver I want to talk about from my team, actually, from Indiana, a freshman incoming, uh, this guy named Rashawn Williams. He's a four-star out of Detroit, King High School in Detroit. He had offers from Michigan, LSU, Ohio State, committed to IU. I think this guy is going to make a huge impact as a freshman as probably the number three receiver to Ty Freifogel and Wap Fillier. Maybe not automatically, because I think David Ellis could also... David Ellis is a really interesting player. as like a gadget, but I think as a true third wide receiver, my pick is going to be... I don't know about Miles Marshall, but I think Rashawn Williams can step in day one and be really good. This guy is an awesome player. He had so many good offers. And, you know, after Fillier and Freifogel graduate this season, I think... Rashawn Williams can step in and be a really, really good number one wide receiver for IU. 
Yeah, and I mean, I think it's hard for me to make an official pick. I think I'm just going to make fun of myself because we're going to post these on the Instagram, on our Instagram. I think I'm just going to make my make fun of myself and say someone weird is my someone official weird. pick. And just put a, put a picture of the Illinois someone logo. Weird. Because yeah, I really, Illinois logo with a, with I really a question don't have mark a next to it. Yep. All right. Uh, last pick, coach of the year. Uh, I think this is going to be Ryan. Okay. No, I have, I have two scenarios. Number one, I I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think Ohio state's going undefeated this season. I think if Ohio state goes undefeated, it would be really hard to not pick Ryan day, but the coach of the year, just because I would say Ryan day is the coach of the year, but that doesn't mean it's actually going to happen because a lot of the time, the coach of the year awards, and this isn't just in college football, but in every sport, they give it to the story more than the actual best coach. Like last year, I mean, you can argue P.J. Fleck was the right pick, but I think a lot of people wanted to pick P.J. Fleck over Ryan Day just because, you know, they were the story. Minnesota was the surprise team. So I could see it either being like the big surprise team because there always is a team that, you know, comes from out of nowhere and wins nine or ten games. And I don't know who that could be this season. Maybe it's going to be, you know, Indiana. Maybe it's going to be – Purdue or Nebraska or whoever, maybe even Minnesota again, maybe Minnesota improves, who knows? But I think the safe pick right now is Ryan day or whoever the coach of the big surprise team is. Yeah. Um, you're talking about that big surprise team, like Minnesota. I, I, I definitely agree with you. That's how they choose these awards a lot of time. And I originally picked Purdue to be my big 10 champion. Um, as kind of big my ten big West. hot take, big ten and West. I thought you don't about think it. beating Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad. Big Ten West champion. Yeah. If no anybody can beat Ohio State, State it's but, um, them because they always find a way. But we digress. Not always, just that one. It's time. happened more than but, once. Um, it's happened more than once, but I mean, they've they've pulled a couple upsets not, in Ohio State. Not recently. You can't doubt the the spoiler. Anyway, and I say that as an Indiana That's fan. True, but anyway, anyway, um. I, I mean, Ryan, Ryan Day, I guess, is a safe pick. But Ryan Day, you know, you talk about the story. Ryan Day had an incredible story last year. He took uh, the Rose Bowl champion, Ohio State Buckeyes. He's a new coach. Usually teams regress, and he improved them. They went undefeated into the playoffs. So that's his big story. Now he's the second-year coach. He has ex – you know, just about everyone in college football is expecting them to go undefeated and make the playoff once again. So I think he'll do that, but it's not going to be as unexpected. So I think – it could go to Jeff Brom of Purdue because I think Purdue – I don't think they're going to win the Big Ten West because I've thought about it. I have a new team. not going to spoil it right now because we're going to do our big predictions uh, at another time. Um, but, I mean, I think Jeff Brom and Purdue could have a really good year. He could be a candidate. But I'm going to go um, Coach Allen out of Indiana because uh, I think Indiana this season, they're going to do uh, – I mean, they had a decent season last year. They went 7-5. I think they're going to do better than what people are – wait, they, wait. Oh, that's right. They didn't go 8-4. Um, I think Indiana um, – you know what? I have Indiana going 8-4 and four this season, so it's not going to be a big improvement. But I think Tom Allen will be in the conversation because he, he's going to take this Indiana team, and they're going to go – I think they're going to have the same record as they had last year, but I think they're going to be a much improved Not only team. are they going to be an improved team, um, I, I kind of agree with what you're saying. I hope Coach Allen can, can pull that off because, you know, if he gets the award, it's because they got a big win somewhere along the line. Maybe they beat – Penn State or Michigan or Wisconsin or whoever because last year as good as they were and as many wins as they had they didn't have the big one like they didn't beat like an actual 
like really really good team. And this year, I think maybe if they do that, plus go eight and four, nine and three, something like that. I think Tom Allen could be like that story pick more so than the Ryan Day actual best coach pick. And I hope that that's the case for IU football. I actually have IU going nine and three this coming season. So nine Windiana. Yeah, and and Check it I don't out. know what bowl that would send him to. Uh, from from my view i thought that was maybe the outback bowl but i really hope that i mean nine wins as much as i would love to see indiana as much as i would absolutely love to see indiana go nine and three and have one of their best seasons in history i want them to go eight and four and go to the music city bowl because i want to see an indiana game live in nashville and uh you know hopefully that happens you and griffin can come down oh i would absolutely i mean i that nashville's driving distance from indianapolis and it's not driving distance from new jersey but i would love for that to happen uh i i mean obviously i i want iu to go to the freaking rose bowl or whatever but you know being realistic i think the pick i would like to see them in is is the music city bowl so we can all do that you know as a as a crew as a show and it's driving distance it's close by and against like an SEC team, since maybe that could be Kentucky, maybe it could be another team who's really interesting. That'd be fun. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, I don't think, sort of off topic, I don't think Kentucky is going to be even decent next season. I don't think an Indiana versus Kentucky Music City Bowl. Yeah, I don't think Kentucky is going to be as good either. That rivalry, I want to see. Yeah, it's a real rivalry, and I wish it would come back in the regular season on campus, but. It won't in football or basketball anytime soon, I don't think, unfortunately. Even though Mark Cuban's trying his best to make it a thing. I don't know if you've seen that headline. He he talked to Calipari about it. Hopefully hopefully that comes through. But uh, I would love to see IU play in Nashville. I think we'd have a lot of fun. And, you know, I think we've talked about this off the show a little bit, maybe even on the show. But I think, you know, you're going to try at some point to come to Bloomington for a game, uh, for an IU game. I think if if the season goes off as we hope, you know, uh, I think we were talking about Penn State on Halloween. I think IU is actually going to win that game. That's my big upset win that I have them taking is over Penn State on Halloween in Bloomington. So, you know, we've had some talks here on the show of getting, you know, a big uh, group, me, Griffin, Reed, Reed excuse me, Reed and uh, Tommy all together in Bloomington for that one. So, I guess we'll see how things develop, obviously, with the season, you know, kind of in peril and everything else up in the air. If, if it happens, I think that would be just a great time. Oh, I absolutely agree. I really hope that does work out. All right. So those are our awards. Uh, unfortunately, Griffin disconnected and never joined again. So our picks... Yeah, he, he did send a message saying he tried and Anchor, uh, the app is down for him. It's not oh, working. Oh, unfortunate. So. so, sorry, Griffin. Yeah. Our picks, uh, player of the year and offensive player of the year and quarterback of the year, all Justin Fields. Defensive player of the year, Reed says Sean Wade. I say Micah Parsons. Quarterback of the year, I already said. I'm just going through my list. Uh, running back of the year, Reed says Journey Brown. I say Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon. Griffin also said Journey Brown, Journey by Brown. The way. Okay, receiver of the year. My pick is Rashad Bateman. Griffin's pick is Chris Olave. Griffin said – or Reed's pick is Chris Olave. I think I said that. I don't know. Uh, Griffin's pick is Rondell Moore. Tight end, me and Reed both said Friar Muth or generic Iowa guy. 
freshman uh reed said random dude from illinois who knows and i said Parrish johnson <laughs> jr coach of the year reed said tom allen i said ryan day or a surprise team so that'll do it for the show today we got the game show we got our way too early awards predictions in hopefully we can see you guys soon